Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sprucast. This week we've got another guest for you, again from our uh, previous recordings that we made uh, last year. This one was later in the year and is Gary Marples, um, a great guy that we had on. He was showing us some new software that he's been building. Um, so I hope you enjoy this, our interview with Gary Marples from the latter part of what are we now 2020 so 2019 oh maths failed me a little bit there but here we go yeah i hope you enjoy it so hello and welcome uh we are back for our second um, second episode um, this year, season, whatever it is, and um, we've got our first special guest of the year, um, which is uh, Gary Marples. Um, Gary has created some brilliant software. Um, I'm not going to go into too much uh, about it at the moment because I'll let him discuss all that with you. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it does look rather, you know, ra- rather special. Um, and I think it could be, it could be something that us as modelers will all, um, have on our computers in a few years from now or a few, a few months. I don't, I don't know what the scale is on this. So as always, I've also got, um, Gordon with me and Josh. What do you mean? Going on. Um, so, you know, let's get down to it then. Um, going to cover uh, a little bit about, you know, what's happened in the last week or so, what I've been building. I've been building the uh, P61C um, Black Widow um, by Hobby Boss. It's a 148th kit. Uh, really, very, very nice kit um superb detail goes to work goes together really well at the moment i've got no complaints um i've put my own seat belts in because it didn't come with any seat belts um but i've put my own seat belts in and i'm currently waiting on uh masks for the windows now there's a lot of glass with the p61c um black widow there's there's like it's got a funny little cigar shaped fuselage in the center um and two boom two boons is it is it boons or booms gordon boons 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 yeah boons right that's it i normally end up calling them booms um and, and then get laughed at but uh yeah, so we got then it has the two boons, um, but it's it's looking really nice. I've got to say, as a, you know, it goes together really well, um, and that's where I'm. You know, that's what I've been doing. I've been taking my time with this, uh, so you know, it's just one of those kits that I, I really want to uh, make look good. I've got some great um, ideas for painting it, uh, which I got from Gordon. So the the plan for this is to paint uh, grey primer as the base um, and 
just bear with me a minute because me and Gordon have been talking about this. He gave me the list the other day. So I've got a grey primer mist coat going down. I'm then going to put some lacquer aluminium on. Um, I'm going to put some uh, X. Where is it? Zinc yellow. Yeah, XF4 in Tamiya, which is also called yellow green, depending on when you got your jar. Um, it may be called something else on older or newer jars. I'm not sure. Um, and then I will be going with black, um, black, dark grey or dark navy blue. Um, and then obviously some chipping at the various levels there to get those different colours to come through. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's, that's going to look good. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting that, uh, getting that started but i don't want to rush in um so i'm really taking my time at the moment i've been busy filling um and something that came to my attention uh was this day before yesterday was it yesterday i wasn't aware of this but uh, it was pointed out on scale model critique group that i'm in um i posted some pictures up <clears throat> and i'd um, basically filled uh my center section of the p61c i'd filled it with some uh down the seam line and i'd used perfect plastic putty um and i hadn't really thought nothing more of it um because i do use a combination of rebel contactor uh cement and um and then this perfect plastic putty as well uh, so I have been back and checked mine, uh, and it's not too bad, but um, perfect plastic putty does not adhere to plastic, apparently. Um, I didn't know this, and I looked, you know, I looked into it a bit more, and this is, you know, it's correct. It doesn't, it doesn't really adhere to plastic, and I just felt it was a bit misleading on their, you know, on their boxes and tubes when they actually say it you know adheres to plastic I don't, I don't think they use them exact words but um it uh, certainly implies that uh I, I know it's it's kind of true because i've had problems um in the past where i've just used perfect plastic putty on a seam and then when i've gone to sand it it's all sort of crumbled and fell away, um, which was why I started adding the um, contact uh, cement in there as well with it. Um, so, you know, um, leave your comments on that. Tell me what you think, uh, because obviously I've just done some more team lines last night and I've used Squadron Green for that. Um, we were talking about this last night, weren't we, Jordan? The, the, the yeah. whole plastic putty thing. You you already knew about it. Um, I I didn't, um, and it was all a bit, you know, it was a bit uh, bewildering, really, that uh, they they can do that. What's Josh been on with then this week? What have I been up to? I've actually been putting paint on the speeder bike challenge thing that was going around YouTube for a little bit. I, you know, 
I was supposed to have this. I was supposed to have this done by the first, but obviously it's you know about two weeks late. So, what's the speed bike challenge? I, I haven't heard about that. So it, you take a deodorant stick, and you pick like a faction of like orcs. It's a Warhammer thing. Um, orcs, Space Marine. You know, basically whatever you want to do. And then you just kit bash it to where it looks like it would fit in. Oh, right. So, so some scratch building. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's bloody. Yeah, I like that. That's that. I you don't hear of that much now. That to to take a, like you've done there with a deodorant stick, and then turn that into something. I mean, it. it I've been posting pictures a little bit on my Facebook page and. That looks pretty damn good. That's a bit like what I'd done with my tooth. Remember, I had my tooth out of the dentist. <laughs> Molar one. <laughs> yeah, Molar one. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I still haven't finished that. But, uh, but yeah. I, I mean, other than that, I just – I haven't had much time out on the bench, so I've – I just have been doing a little bit here and there. Yeah. Just the time yeah. of year. So, so Gary, are you are you a builder? Are you still building, or are you busy? I think I, I built a fair few models with my dad when I was a kid, and then yeah. I think um, when I was a teenager, similar to Josh, I sort of went in the um, lead model, lead figures kind of direction. So I've done a lot yeah. of figure painting, and I think my dad was a really keen modeler because he he did displays for a, a model shop. Um, oh, right. like, I helped him build some dioramas and stuff where he'd done one where there was a, a kind of semi-destroyed building that he'd scratch built and then he'd, he'd put telegraph poles and we ran the wires and sort of burnt some um, matchsticks to make kind of busted up timbers and stuff um, so yeah sort of fond memories of doing stuff like that with my dad um, and he taught me a lot of techniques, which I applied when I was doing my model painting. So, um, you know, wet brushing into the cracks, dry brushing. So, so your dad really was, um, you know, doing displays and that. That's 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 big. Uh, yeah, that's you know really out, really up there with the best of them, I guess. Yeah, I uh, think that, that that was his passion. Um, yeah, he had about six hundred models stashed away in a room um which then he couldn't remember what he got so that's kind of where the database thing started for me i created a an access database for him to keep track of all his kits um and, and oh, right. kind of grown out of that really so the, the the kit bash um the kit bash program was really started quite some time ago then yeah the original version of kit base um it was just an access database that we just called kits um, yeah and then i'd sort of partly as an exercise built a visual basic front end on it still with an access database behind it and in 2009 when the sort of financial crisis hit um so i'm also sort of a an it contractor as well i do software development for businesses which i've been yeah. doing that for about 10 years after I finished kind of permanent work. Um, and in 2009, it was pretty hard to get a contract because obviously it were, it were difficult times for everyone with the banking stuff. 
Um, so I grew that front end into something well-rounded that anybody could use and then stuck it on the website and started posting on a few of the forums that my dad took part in. Um, and my dad did a bit of posting as well. And people just liked it and started buying it. And that were, like I said, that more than 10 years ago now. And then you're on This Is Version 2, I believe. Um, That's right, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think the the main things that people were asking for that kept, come, kept coming up again and again, one was to add their own custom fields because obviously everyone's requirements are slightly different because everybody wants the basic stuff. They want to track the kits and accessories. and But then if yeah. you've got people who are doing predominantly warships, there's people putting on like the... The, the captain at a given point in time and crew member information and all kinds of stuff in there, which, which obviously doesn't apply if you, if you're dealing with tanks and stuff. Um, so I think I'd, I took kit base one as far as I could with a customization, but then I rewrote it from scratch. Yeah. Um, so that you could customize it completely. You can take things out. You can put your own fields in, you can put entirely new tables in if you want. Um, and then I think the other thing that people were asking for was um, an app so that they could sync the data onto a phone. And then if you're off at the model shop and you're thinking, oh, have I, how many of these um, tornadoes have I got? Have I got one of these? Have I got this variant? You can yeah. quickly get up on your phone. Um, but yeah. to do that, I had to get rid of the access database because it wouldn't work on a phone. So, yeah. so they were the kind of motivations is rewrite it so it can work on a mobile as well and just make it so people can customize it to their heart's content really so um if as you know most of the people that are probably going to listen to this um may not have heard of kit kit base so how would you best describe um you know how would you best sell it to them well i think it, it it helps you keep track of your inventory so you know what you've got. Um, you can track the things that you want You want to buy. There's a wanted feature as well, so you can add a list yeah. of things that you want in. So, again, if you'd offer a show or a shop, you can take that on your phone and you know what what items you're looking for. Um, you could obviously, if you put the cash values in, it gives you some idea of the value of your kits. Um, I'd, a few people have expressed a bit of fear of that in case the wife saw it. Um, I could consider the panic button to to hide yeah. it, but, but you know, semi jokingly. But but yeah, I think it, obviously for insurance purposes, if you've got a thousand models that are worth twenty quid a piece, you're yeah. looking at twenty grand's worth of kits, aren't you? Which your insurance you might struggle. Yeah, with, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe you could put a password on. I, I yeah. don't know how difficult that would be to do. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, there's a few um, sort of, there's like a backlog of features that people have asked for, um, which I've been kind of prioritising and working through. And a lot of those things went into the, the version two. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think it tends to be kind of joking comments, you know, when I, I post on a group and people saying, oh, no, what if your wife sees it? But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Panic button's a good idea, actually, yeah. yeah. You know, panic button that all of a sudden just brings up a picture of um, flower, uh, a flower yeah. shop or something, just drops down in front of the screen. 
so that the minute the wife like comes yeah. around, push the panic button, and all of a sudden you're browsing chocolates for her. <laughs> uh, Mark, Mark, that would yeah. be a good giveaway of what you're doing, buddy. It, oh, it just sh yeah. shows you pictures of uh, gentlemen's photography. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Sorry. Sorry. But but yeah, I think uh, yeah. I mean, the path path I'm on at the moment is doing the cross-platform stuff. So it, I've got it out on Android now, so you can take your data along on an Android phone. And I'm actively working on the iOS version at the moment because obviously a lot of people have got iPhones. But it was the, the Android was an easier step from where I was with with a, a Windows version. So yeah, and is then. It, I, is it is it a massive difference between the Android? I mean, in terms of creating something like that, is it much more difficult to create for Apple or is it Android or, you know, is it pretty much the same? I think they sort of have their own difficulties because I think with iOS, it's, um, it's obviously very locked down because Apple uh, Apple's approach is locking everything down and being proprietary whereas i think yeah. android is very open but i think because of that you've got so many different devices on android so i think your potential for compatibility problems is is worse on android but quite developing for it is easier because the tools are more freely available and you don't so like you have to pay an annual fee to apple if you want to deliver apps on their platform and stuff like that so it's, it's just a kind of very different mindset um, but from a kind of code perspective, I built the database engine from scratch to be cross-platform, and then there's like the, the front end on top of that for each sort of platform, and there's a fair bit of code sharing on the, the forms. So I think it's I'm, – I'm kind of just using tools that make it easy to develop for both at once, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I mean um – so how does yours differ from um, like Scalemates? Um, yeah, that, that one. From Scalemates being a website. Um, yeah, that one's come up um, a few times. I did put together a, a comparison for that because a lot of people have asked that question. Um, I mean, the, Scalemates is kind of a website that's got all of the models already listed and you can create your own list of those models um but i think that the sort of customization isn't really there but you've got the advantage of the data is already there whereas with yeah. Kit, it's the flexibility so you've got a full-blown database application like excel or access um but much easier to use because you don't need to do any programming to customize it um so i think it's it's kind of flexibility versus data i mean obviously i'm biased but um, yeah, I think most users want that flexibility so that they can they can customize it to their own needs. It's like the, I think there was one guy who wanted to put in the the address where he lived when he bought the kit and stuff like that. Which obviously that's not going to be an option in a canned system like um, Scalemate. No, it, you can just do whatever you want with it effectively. And um, so yeah, they're, they're just very different animals, really. Yeah, so this sort of thing, you, you can't really compare them because... Yeah. Uh, I mean, they do a similar sort of job because you can do an inventory. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're just wanting some basic 
um, collection tracking, then scale mates is okay. But if you want something that's more flexible for your needs, then kit base is better. Um, and, and with kit base, can you track like your paints as well and stuff like that? Or you can, yeah. There's out, out of the box with it, you've got a kits and accessories feature where you can put all your kits in. And then if you've put accessories in the box with a kit, like if you've bought a brass kit or um, something of that nature, um, you can track those underneath um, so you know where everything is. And then there's a paint stock feature where you can list all the, the paint the paint that you've got on hand. Um, yeah. And then there's a references feature where you can track um, articles and things that, that are of interest to the kits that you've got. Yeah, I, I, I watched, I did watch, um, I don't know whether I watched or read some uh, previous sort of uh, views on it. And, and I was telling the guys um, the other day when, when we was talking about you coming on, that um, you, there was so much you can do, um, like when you start, so... Like Gordon will understand this, that when, when you start to do a big project, like Gordon does this a lot, he will start to research his stuff ahead of time. Yeah. Um, so he will start to research maybe a year or more before he starts to build his kit. And with your app, you can actually collate all that data, can't you? Yeah, it's... It allows you to kind of organise everything, um, so you know exactly where where everything is, um, what you've got at hand, and like like you say, reference information if you want to track that as well. I mean that yeah. that was a feature that was asked for um, by a few people because I think people use it in different ways. I think some just use the kit tracking, and some people use all all the features so it's kind of you can use as, as much of it as you as you want so i mean wh where can people go if they want to if they want to get this where can they go if, is there somewhere they can go to see it in action or if you go to kitbase.com there's lots of screenshots and it sort of just runs through all of the um all of the main features. But I think that the best way is just download it and have a play because there's a, a free trial that just limits the number of records that you can enter and one or two of the other features. But you can certainly get a feel for it, bang a few kits in and have a play with it, see if it suits. Right. I mean, I'm always on hand if people have got questions. I'm perfectly happy yeah. if somebody wants to drop me an email or or send a message through the, the Facebook page for kit base yeah um, and 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 where is your your facebook page for for kit base if somebody wants to get in touch with you how do they do that you just uh one more time you've got a way to go yeah if you go to kitbase.com um you'll see that there's a there's a contact button at the top um so you can click on that and then you can either go into the user group from there or you can send a message and there's the social media button as well. So kitbase.com, you can just follow that through and then you can go to the Facebook page and there's a, a user group, which anybody can post on and ask questions or, you know, gives opportunity to talk to other people who are using it. 
Excellent. So, I mean, um, Gordon, you got anything you want to ask? Oh, it's the same as you were saying. It seems to me it's like it's, it's split into two groups. You'd have what I call the kit collector that it would be ideal for. Because it's same as it says, if you're to show, you could, oh, have I got that? You could just pick your phone up and go, oh, no, I haven't. Yeah. So I'm done. Right? Where you've got the kit collector where he's just interested in the kit, and you've got the kit builder that's out to show, and he sees something that sort of jogs his mouth. Oh, I've got that kit. Have I got such and such for it? And you yeah. can just tell me, just pick your phone up, go for it. Oh, yeah, I've got that kit. No, I haven't got that. Uh, I haven't got the ejector seat, but I've got the photo H brass set, so I'll just get the ejector seat. And it's dead. It, it looks like it'll be dead handy for things like that. This is, yeah. this is when I used to go to the shows. I used to have to take a shopping list with me of stuff that I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had to do that. A little bit of scrap of paper or a little notepad. <laughs> Yeah, with uh, things I want. And the thing is, I always come back with a bit of notepad paper with the things I want on, a shopping bag full of crap I don't want, <laughs> and nothing off the list. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've done that a few times as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Josh, uh, any, you got any questions you want to ask, Gary? So, so is the app free or... The, the main application that you run on Windows um, is paid, That's, uh, but the, the reader, which is on Android and will be on iOS at the moment, that's, that's free. So you just sync onto that, the data, and then you can take it with you. Okay. And then what and categories are – you just upload whatever categories you want, or is there specific ones in the app? It's – the data that's in there and all the, the lists, so like, for example, the real manufacturers like Supermarine, quite a lot of them are already set up in there, the common ones, but then you can just add your own. So you can add, you can change any of the data that's in there. None of it's fixed. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, how much is the, the fixed version, the, the Windows version? It is forty nine ninety nine. US dollars or twenty nine ninety nine pounds. And do you have like do you have um, discounts uh, uh, like off special offers run out throughout the year at all or anything like that? Not not at the moment. I think um, it's something I consider. I think probably. Um, I mean, I, I did do a what I tend to do if there's because occasionally you know there'll be a price increase. So I'd kind of notify everyone who's on the mailing list that the price is going to go up on a set date so they can get it at the old price, if you know what I mean. But yeah. I've not done much with um, discount codes and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've, I've tried to kind of pitch the price. I mean, this goes way back to kind of my dad's suggestion, which was pitch the price at a decent kit, if you know what I mean. So, yeah you're not thinking, oh, you know, I could buy 10 kits for that. I've tried to kind of price it sensibly, so yeah, it's not going I mean, to be hundreds of pounds. Yeah, I, I think I, I get the impression that this 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 sort of thing is for, for 
I would say for dedicated um, builders, um, people that are really into their building. Um, like uh, Gordon is somebody that would definitely um, find a use for this. I think I, again, and I would, um, I would now that I'm starting to increase my um, skill sets uh, in what I'm doing. Um, I don't know whether I would have done when I first got started, um, but definitely as I'm progressing along the sort of modeling career, as it were, um, yeah. I, I, these sorts of things, this app would come into its own. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the, the more experienced you are, I think the more you're going to get out of that out of your kit base sure yeah that's that's the way i feel um that that's how it sounds to me definitely um so yeah yeah i like i like the sound of it i'm definitely gonna be i shall definitely download the free trial um and have a look at that and see how it goes. i meant to because i spoke to you a long time ago gary didn't i um mm -hmm. And I offered, um, I think it was, maybe might even have been about a year ago, uh, maybe more. And I offered to do a shout out for you on at the time I was doing the uh, my Wednesday night show. Yeah. And um, I didn't, and I felt very guilty for that for some time because I completely forgot about it. Oh, I don't. Um, worry. I, I forget everything. I think. Um... I have, to, I have to write everything down or I never remember anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then your name pops up again, uh, about, I keep seeing kit base come up all the time. Um, which is a good sign because it's, you know, it's starting to get around there. I think yeah. when we first spoke, I hadn't heard of kit base before, mm. but now I keep seeing it coming up everywhere. And, yeah. um, which is, you know, can only be a good sign for you because it's. Uh, I'm all for helping, all for helping people, you know, within the modelling community, uh, no, whatever they're doing. Sorry. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's just we've all got to help each other. Um, yeah. So, I, I'm, sorry, go on. Yeah, so I'm just saying, as, as much as we can, I'm trying to promote the hobby as best I can, um, try and help everyone out, um, and uh, yeah, I, I think you've, you're on to a good thing there, you're on to a, a, a good uh, a good app, yeah, and so I wish you the best with it. I, I'm much better at uh, writing software than promoting it, I have to be honest, it's not, not my, marketing's not really my forte, I mean, I think I've been... Uh, mostly just joining Facebook groups and then just asking them if it was okay to post because I didn't, I didn't want to kind of just wade into people's groups and start posting yeah. pictures and stuff. So I've tended to kind of go in and just say, do an initial post and just say, is it okay if I put a bit of information on? And the vast majority have been happy to let me do it. And, you know, I've, I've got sort of positive feedback from people and i think from time to time uh, an existing user will come on and um you know put a nice comment on which gives me a little a little buzz. Yeah. keep keep me motivated 
but yeah do you have like testimonials on your uh, on on the sort of website that you've got yeah there's there's some on the main page and if if you look on the um the kit base page there's some reviews on there okay. i need i need to uh to give give folks another reminder to give me some reviews so i think there's about 30 yeah. at the moment which um are, are you still on facebook i can i can post you a link yeah yeah i mean yeah yeah i mean i've got uh so we've got the Sprucast facebook page um which is this um but the 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 sister or brother channel of Sprucast is the Sprue Surgery Waiting Room, um, yep. which I think I sent you an invite for. You joined up this afternoon. Yeah. Um, you can certainly stick a link in there. Okay. Um, and then we've got Josh has got his Rise Dam designs. Uh, I don't know whether I'm sure Josh will be okay. You have to ask him. Um, Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, I just sent you a link to the uh, reviews. Yeah, that's yeah, that's great. Um, I don't mind. Certain, I definitely don't mind you uh, using any any sort of outlet that um, I've got sort of dealings with in um, promoting. And uh, yeah, I wish you all the best, Gary. I really hope it goes well for you. Um, we will stay in touch um, and we'll probably get you on again um, in, in, you know, in a short time, you know, some time and, and see sure, how yeah. you're going. And, and we'll keep up to date with you and keep everyone up to date with you um, so that everyone knows what's going on. And certainly if you release any new um, additions or updates to the current kit base, let us know and we'll make sure we... Um, let all the listeners know as well. Sure, um, and we'll uh, we'll try and help each other out like that. Excellent. So that's um, that's Gary and his kit base. Uh, are you going to be staying with us? We've got about another ten, fifteen minutes, Gary, before we. Sure. Yeah. That's You're yeah. welcome to stay. Um, if that's the case, then Mark, who's is a stash in the photograph thing, Gary? Sorry, say that again. You were breaking up a bit. Who's is the stash in the photographs on your side? <laughs> oh, um, hang on. The, oh, that the, the stash. That's my dad's. <laughs> He's got some very interesting kits. <laughs> yeah, that's the. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, unfortunately, my, my dad passed away in two thousand nine. Um, I sort of kept a few, uh, handful of his kits, which I still haven't sort of had the heart to build yet. Um, yeah. But um, I think m most of them sort of got sold on, so other people will be building them or, or they'll be in somebody else's back bedroom, I think. But um, yeah. but yeah, he had about he had about six hundred at end. He got uh, he got loads of them. I mean, every, every time it were his birthday or Christmas or something, we'd ever ride out to. Uh, model shop in Halifax and uh, I'd treat him to some models. I don't know when he thought he were going to build them all. Uh, I've got the same problem, Mastash, he's double that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think biggest one I've heard of, because um, obviously I've had email interchanges backwards and forwards a fair bit with users. Um, 
And I think usually if they're asking how to do stuff, like how do I customize this? Or, um, and I think there was one guy who got 14,000 kits. Oh, hell, that's big. So that's the that's the biggest one I'm aware of. But I think a thousand is is not unusual. That's, that's, that's not the model facts. That's a warehouse. <laughs> that's no, say, that's like, a lot sharp. Heck, it almost makes me think. You know that scene at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, they're pushing that box into that yeah. warehouse. I think some people's stash must look like that. Oh, the biggest the biggest I've seen is Brett Marquette. His was his was the biggest stash I've seen, um, but that that wasn't anywhere near fourteen thousand. Wow. Yeah, so no, my dad was kind of a a mixture of the two types that um, we were talking about earlier. He's like he, he he built plenty of models, but he he were collecting them far faster than he were building them, and I think he just liked to be able to. Think, oh, what do I fancy doing? And have a peruse, and then just say, all right, I can build that um, Eurofighter that I picked up. Do you know what I mean? I, I think he just liked to have have them there, so he could just pull one out and decide to build it. So I, I think he usually had about three or four on the go. He's got, nice, got a nice collection of Phantoms there. I've been looking at the FGR one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, I mean, he got kits of, of practically everything military. He got um, warships, helicopters, um, airplanes, just pretty much, pretty much everything. And I think when he when he weren't building them or buying them, we were reading about them. Yeah. Sorry, pretty much like Guzloft. <laughs> yeah, was I there anything he didn't uh, build? I mean, I think it weren't particularly into fantastical or sci-fi ones. Um, right. Whereas I think I, I tended to go more for um, sci-fi and fantasy figures and stuff when I were when I were doing it sort of hardcore kind of thing. And I, um, I think I got an appreciation for military ones because there were some really sort of yeah great kits out there but I think I was sort of drawn more to um, Warhammer figures and orcs and stuff Did your dad have one that he built that he was proud of the most? I don't know I think he built so many Um, I mean I think the one that he was proud of himself for actually finishing it was a galleon that he built I can't remember the exact ship. I can see it in my head, but I can't remember what it was called. And the rigging drove him absolutely mental because it were all, um, it's basically like cotton, isn't it? So he did, went through and did all the rigging on that. And I think, I think he were quite proud that he finished that off. But I think at some point it got, it was on the top of the TV and it got knocked off and it, it didn't do very well with the tangling. I seem to remember it were, uh, it would have been a bit of a catastrophe. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's a bit like me because you get to a certain point where you just can't think what to build next or what to Well, what, what shall I have? You can't think. And just totally out of the blow out of the ballpark, I will go and pick a galleon up. And I've got the Wazza 
on the go at the minute. And it's something totally different to what you've been working on for the last 13 months. And it's nice to get out of that mindset and go and do something completely yeah. different. Yeah, my dad did do a few random ones. I think he did one with a, a steam road roller that were a massive, yeah. massive, great big thing. Um, and he'd done like a fire engine. I think we had a, a Roman a Roman ship with a battering ram on front, stuff like that. So I think it, but it, it were mostly modern, you know, sort of World War Two onwards military, but occasionally it'd, it'd go for something random. Wow, well, it just certainly had a big impact um, on your life. I mean, uh, with the fact that you're now something that started off as a as a little thing for him to keep track of his kits, um, now has a website and. Um, you know, and it's yeah, yeah, it's ama amazing that he's had you know, great, brilliant stuff. Um, so, um, it's always nice to hear stories like that. I love to, you know, talk about um, models like that and their favorite kits and stuff like that because we can all relate to things like that. Uh, anyway, Gordon, uh, we never got to find out what you've been doing this week. I don't know whether you thought you were going to get away with it. Um, I'm I'm afraid it's the never-ending uh, cycle of the uh, SU-35. I've uh, finally got all the, uh, the splinter camo done on it. That's all finished. At the yeah. moment, I'm working on its weapons fit and the exhausts at the moment. But, uh, yeah, the SU-35 is still, uh, still the ongoing project at the moment. Now, see, you say that, it's still the ongoing project, but most of the listeners um, won't, probably might not have heard of the SU-35 before. Um <coughs> think you were doing it when we'd done our last no we was doing the uh, the mig 25 group build weren't we then yeah so yeah although although we know you've been on it for a long time um this is probably the first that uh, current listeners will have heard of it well basically it's the uh, the kitty hawk uh su-35 flanker e and stuff, but out of the box is only one version that you can actually build that's accurate, and that's the uh, the demo aircraft and the uh, splinter camouflage of grey, black, and white. And it's been going on ongoing project for the last what couple of months now. <laughs> yeah. And how did you? Um, I know I've asked you this before, but again for current listeners, how do you find the Kitty Hawk um, build? Um, I've actually bought the kit from uh, a show a few years ago, right? And then you've got the likes of Great Wall Hobbies, they bought theirs out, and there's another one come out as well. So I bought the kit blind, actually, and then I watched quite a few uh, YouTube kit reviews on it. 
and then I started researching kit builds of it and everybody was saying yeah the joint between the wings and the fuselage is going to be a problem and this that and the other and the only place I've actually had to put any filler is around the intake trunkings where they join the back end of the engine. The wing to fuselage joint was quite simple because I didn't follow the kit instructions. Right? Because basically I glued the wings together to the upper fuselage half before I joined them together. The kit told you to join the halves together, then put the wings on. So I think the reason I eliminated the wing to fuselage uh, scene was, was by doing it like that. And these people say, yeah, <clears throat> the, uh, the nose is the wrong shape and this, that and the other. A little bit of quick swift sanding with a sanding stick reprofiled the nose. And it's been quite an enjoyable build up until when I started painting the camouflage pattern on it. So basically, masked the top off, painted it all light grey first, well, medium grey, and then applied the other two colours, and it didn't quite look right. So I worked out which was the colour that was causing the problem, masked everything off, and then resprayed it all again. And lesson learnt with that, when I applied that lesson to a painting underneath, because it's different again underneath, I uh, <laughs> only mastered it up once underneath. Had to do a few touch-ups on it here and there, but I've got that together now. So I said I'm just working on the weapons fit because I'm building it at, uh, as it was on display at one of the air shows in Russia. So all the weapons on it will be basically white with black stripes on it and stuff. And... Uh, very little stencils and that sort of stuff on it. But uh, I've enjoyed it. Is, it is a beautiful looking kit, and I urge anyone that hasn't seen it, um, if you go onto the Spruce Surgery waiting room, or um, where else is it pictured at, Gordon? It's only up on the surgery waiting room at the moment. Because yeah. I've, I've posted one or two pictures as it's gone along, but yeah. once it's actually finished, and uh, I put it on a base, then there'll be a full photo set going up on the um, in the sprue surgery and a couple of other sites and stuff. But yeah. I've enjoyed it that much, same as I've said to yourself. I want to do another one in the other display colour scheme, but that's even more complicated than this one's been. Really? Yeah. What's, what's the other display colour? It's like a, a sandy yellow with a dark brown and a light green, but it's a cross between a splinter camouflage and a di digital camouflage pattern. Oh, right. Now, just for, for my reference, what's the difference um, between splinter and digital? Uh, a digital bomb camouflage scheme is basically where it's pixelated, little squares of colour. Oh, yeah. Yes, I know what you mean now, yeah random patterns across the, the fuselage and stuff where a splinter is a bit like the uh, the dazzle camouflage that you used to get on the world war ii battleships and stuff yeah a bit like apply to an aircraft 
have started copying it in some of their aggressive squadron colour schemes and stuff as well. Yeah, I mean, up until now, I think some of my favourite um, uh, patterns on aircraft has, has got to have been the Russians. Um, their colours and their... I don't know why... Um, the Americans always go for that, like, plain grey, don't they? That light grey or... Yeah, light ghost grey, dark ghost grey, medium ghost grey and all that sort of stuff, haven't you? Yeah, whereas the Russians, they've got these beautiful blue colours um, with the, the different camouflages and that. Um, and whether it's because, I, you know, I'm just used to seeing all the greys and don't see the Russian planes very much. And I, I, I've just got a thing about Russian jets. I, I love, uh, you know, I think they look great. Um, but yes. Definitely, if you haven't seen Gordon's uh, Splinter uh, camo, it really is quite something spectacular to look at. Um, and yeah, if you just pop along to the sprue surgery waiting room and pop in there and have a look through some of the photos, you, you'll see it. You'll know it when you see it. Um, definitely. Um, okay, I, I think really that brings this week's uh podcast brewcast brewcast podcast to a close um immense thanks to gary marvels for coming in and sharing his kit base with us um we wish him all the well for the future thank you very much gary likewise thanks for taking time to talk to me no no it's great um and as always my thanks to gordon and josh for coming along and putting up with me for an hour. Um, well, Gordon puts up with me for a bit more than an hour. but um, And that's it, really, for this week. Uh, we'll be back again in two weeks uh, when, I don't know what we'll be discussing, we'll play it by ear with, uh, with our new format. We're just trying to be a bit more relaxed about the whole thing, a bit more chilled out. Well, this is it. We're just messing about with different types of settings and different formats and stuff, aren't we, at the minute? See what works yeah. and what doesn't work. Yeah, I, I felt before um, last last year when we were doing it, we were trying to be too much like um, a proper professionally uh professionally directed podcast and you know we I, I think we just tried too hard in that vein um when really we just we're just some friends that want to have a laugh and a joke and share the hobby with uh, other listeners out there and, and that's what we're going for this year um i hope it's shine i hope it um it's apparent and uh, we look forward to seeing you all again next time until then it's bye from me it's bye from me see you guys later bye, bye from me bye. Cheerio. cheers guys thank cheers. you